On today's episode of the Mike on Mike podcast, we talk about the United States men's national team. We go over their failure to make it to the 2018 World Cup. We discuss where they go from here, and I give you a preview of all the candidates that are running for the United States men's national team president. Stay tuned. are back another episode of the Mike on the Mike podcast and we are just over a month out from when the United States failed to qualify for the World Cup after honestly a really unlucky string of events an own goal by Omar Gonzalez put them down one to nothing against Trinidad Tobago and after that it was another screamer of a goal by a Trinidad midfield player that put Trinidad up 2-0. And at that point, the U.S. really needed Panama to get a result in order for them to qualify, and that didn't happen. And really, this was an accumulation of events that have been happening for the past year. Last year, Jurgen Klinsmann was fired by Senio Galati, who is the president of the United States Soccer Federation, and was replaced with Bruce Arena. So starting there, I don't believe that Jurgen Klinsmann should have been fired. I think that it it was the right decision at that time. And of course, you look at it in hindsight, you see it all big picture. But in the moment, I think he made the decision that was not necessarily the correct one, but the easy one to make. Klinsmann had done such a good job as the United States head coach at getting these European players who are very good, your Fabian Johnson, your Timmy Chandler, your John Brooks, all those players that play in Germany and recruiting them to come and play for the United States. I think he tactically had his flaws, and at times the teams did not look prepared, but they didn't look any more prepared with Bruce Arena. If you look at that Trinidad game, they played horribly. They had just beaten Panama, I believe, four days ahead, and then they travel to Trinidad, and they play on what we would consider in the United States as a high school soccer field. Not great, but it's playable. And the entire team, the entire game, just looked tired and lost and didn't have any direction. And I think that really reflects Bruce Arena. He's been an MLS manager for decades now for the LA Galaxy and coached the United States men's national team in the 90s. And the thing is, he in the 90s was a solid coach, and even through most of the qualifying phases, he was fine. But there is an overarching problem with the United States men's national team. There's a reluctant effort to go and play these young kids like Christian Pulisic, Bobby Wood, Yedlin, and they want to keep these household names. You're Tim Howard, Josie Altador, Clint Dempsey. I don't think Tim Howard should have been on the team. I don't think Josie Altador should have been there either. Josie Altador's not been the same player he was 
four years ago before the last World Cup. He's gone downhill, and playing in the MLS has not helped him at all. As for another player, Michael Bradley, he is still very good, but it is very hard to find a place that fits his skill set with the way the United States wanted to play under Bruce Arena. Under Jurgen Klinsmann, you saw Michael Bradley play at the tip of a diamond, with him up as a center attacking midfielder, and Jermaine Jones behind him as more of the holding midfielder. And you saw a different type of Michael Bradley, more aggressive, but he you lose his defensive prowess that he brings. And people forget that Michael Bradley played in Europe for a short time. He played for Roma in the Italian Serie A, and before he came back, to Toronto FC. And Michael Bradley's an, a great defender and an intelligent soccer player. And I think that playing him at the base of a diamond instead of at the top would have been smarter for Klinsman. But I believe that the United States does not want to get rid of this current generation that has been so good. You saw the uproar that happened when Jurgen Klinsman got rid of Landon Donovan. And you would assume there'd be the same type of uproar if whoever the United States head coach was gets rid of Clint Dempsey, Tim Howard, and Josie Altador. But I think it's time. It's time to move on from those players. Those players were great for getting the U.S. to a point where we are respected within the international soccer community. But the problem is they are old now, and it's a young man's game. It sounds cliche, but it's true. If you look at the best players in the world, they're all in their mid-20s to late-20s. Tim Howard's on the wrong side of 30. Josie Altador's getting up there. and he, Josie Altador's been on the scene for so long now, and you, you almost forget how long he's been playing for the U.S., and he tried to play in Europe, and now he's back in the MLS. But it's time to move on to this next generation. And that's what Jurgen Klinsmann was trying to do after the last World Cup. You saw when he brought Bobby Wood in against Holland and Germany, two games that the U.S. won and drew. You saw with the use of Julian Green, even, in that last World Cup. Klinsmann was trying his best to phase out the older players and bring in new players to replace them that are younger, and can usher in a new generation. But the problem is, as I said, people didn't want that. They wanted the same faces that they've seen for years, and they wanted that the comfortable feeling there is when you watch those guys play. Because there will be up and downs. You see it with Christian Pulisic. He played really well in that first game against Panama, but against Trinidad, he was lost. And that's going to happen with young players, but the problem is you have to let them play through it. Taylor Twelman had a great rant after the United States failed to qualify where he mentions the Germans after a failed European Championships campaign. After that, their Bundesliga, which is their league, their domestic league, and the national team got together and hatched a plan. Ten years later, they won the World Cup. I'm not saying the U.S. can win a World Cup hatching any sort of 10-year, 20-year plan, but to get back to relevance in the world of international soccer is imperative, 
in order for that to happen, multiple smart heads need to come together to hatch a plan. Which is a good segue into talking about the United States Soccer Federation president. Because that's where it starts. The election is going to be February 10th, and candidates have until December 16th to put their name in the ring. And right now, there are multiple, so many candidates that have thrown their name in the ring. So, starting off right now, the United States Soccer Federation president is Sinil Galati, and he has been the president since 2006. And he has done a terrific job, again, of getting the U.S. through this next stage of where now, in day-to-day life on ESPN, on Fox Sports, on any of these sports talk shows, they will talk about the United States. But it's time for us to move on from him. And it sounds like he will not be running. And the heir apparent to him is his assistant, Carlos Cordero. So on one hand, he's close to Galati, which is good. He understands how the U.S. Soccer Federation currently runs. But the question could be, is he too similar to Galati? And does he have the same ideological beliefs that Galati has? The next one is Eric Wijnalda. He has been a pundit for Fox Sports. And he's a big advocate of the promotion relegation system, which we're going to go on a, a short little tangent here. I'm big on introducing promotion and relegation. We've seen St. Louis and even today Nashville getting grants to be able to have their own stadium in order to get an MLS team. We've seen Atlanta United and Minnesota FC come in this year, and the MLS is only going to keep trying to expand. The problem with that is, in the sport of soccer and the way they want to do it, you cannot have it where it's a 32-plus team league like baseball, basketball, football can. If they want to expand, give all these big cities a team like Columbus, Nashville, Portland, Kansas City even. Have all these teams have a team and allow them to introduce promotion and relegation. This would do multiple things. First of all, there would be no benefit of tanking. You see that as a problem in the NBA and the NFL teams tanking. There would be no benefit of tanking because the draft picks would, they would have to change the college system and the way that works. But the bottom teams would go down, the top teams would come up. And I think that's the best way to improve the overall quality of play because there is no benefit to losing, unlike in in the other American sports. Wijnaldo will also, he has said that he will, quote, tear up the recently agreed CBA between the United States Soccer Federation and the the union that represents the women's national team in an attempt to give them equal pay. The proposed changes for MLS involve moving to a fall spring calendar in line with that of Europe, You start in August, end in May. I have mixed feelings about this. That means the MLS will be going against football, basketball, hockey. The three biggest sports in our country. Soccer will have to go against them. Right now, 
and the way it works where it's in over the summer and into the fall. The only sport it competes with, really, is baseball. I would love to see it happen in 10, 15 years when soccer is a bigger sport here. But I think for right now, having MLS go over the summer is the best way to keep it and allow it to grow. Because, of course, over the summer, there's only baseball. And these news organizations, they need to find content. And where, what other place to look than the MLS? So next up, there's Steve Gaines. So Gaines is from more of the business side. He was a CEOO as well as a lawyer in his time as a professional. He's advised youth and Premier League clubs on various aspects of their business. And he talked what he called a listening tour, where he's going to go around and listen to people associated with the youth and amateur game across the country. And this is going to lead me to another point of pay-to-play within the youth organization. Currently, in order for kids to play soccer, they need to pay to be a part of a club. And I've had friends that play for club teams, and it is apparent that they are one of the most expensive sports, more expensive than baseball, more expensive than football, and more expensive than basketball. That can't happen. In order for soccer to get to be relevant, there needs to be a change there. We can't have teams, these clubs, asking for money to get kids to play because they're not going to. We need to change it to, a again, a European model where these clubs have academies that you can go in and it doesn't cost you any money and you can go and play for free. The next candidate on the list is Kyle Martino. He is currently an analyst for NBC Sports, doing Premier League for them. He is my personal favorite candidate for a multitude of reasons. A really general one just being he's a very articulate and a very smart person who I personally enjoy listening to and I believe that he has what is best for the United States in mind in any decision that he makes. He has a three-pillar system that he wants to implement. The first one being transparency. He wants everything that the United States men's national team and the United States Soccer Federation, everything that they do, he wants it to be transparent so everybody knows what is happening. He wants equality. Equality between the men's team and the women's team, and equality at the younger ranks so that people who are less fortunate than others can still play this game of soccer. And finally, of course, he wants progression. He himself played on a World Cup team, and I know he is just as frustrated as anybody else that the United States did not make it to the World Cup, and I'm sure that he would hire the correct people that will get the United States to where they need to be. That is all the time we have for today. I know it's a short episode, but we'll be back this February with another update in the United States Soccer Federation presidency race. If you like what you heard from me, you can find me on Twitter at mswain97. And if you like what you heard, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for all music 
used in the making of this podcast.